Boston rugby fans. Man, it has been longer than a fortnight. If, if you're British or Australian, it's been three weeks and since Alex and I have come to you live from Austin, Texas, the home of all rugby in the state of Texas. I know people are going to argue on that one, but I don't care. <laughs> home of rugby in Texas, home in rugby, of rugby in your hearts. Uh, man, it's, yeah, it's been, man, Alex, three weeks, man. Um, it's been a while. A lot of things have happened uh, since you and I have last chatted. Uh, do apologize. Sometimes life gets in the way. Scheduling conflicts happen. Uh, work happens. Uh, Alex and I, our schedules couldn't meet up, you know, like two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, or two weeks ago. And then last week I took a nice little vacation over to New Mexico and did some hiking, um, which is well needed. So the only problem yeah. is it coincided with two home games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but uh, Alex, how's your, how's your last two and a half weeks been since, since we it's, last saw each other? It's been pretty, I guess I would say it's been pretty wild. Um, the rugby's been good. The Huns have uh, Huns have really found our form right before the season ended, so that's been cool. And then we should uh, probably talk uh, about that later. Yeah, I think we could. Um, got got myself a um, job promotion. Um, uh, a boy. Well, maybe the rugby connections, yeah, may or may not have um, contributed to that. Um, so. We we do it yeah, we so. do what we can to help out each other in the rugby community. That's what yeah, makes rugby such a great sport, right? Like because there's right? one one of my employees is a former major league rugby player. So, he sure is from Austin. From Austin, so or not uh, from Austin, not for yeah, Austin. Not for Austin, he, he played with Austin for for three years. So, uh, but no, it's uh it, it is there's the the rugby community is great. And it's lots of good stuff going on with it. Um, oh, and honestly, bit, like most importantly, uh, I almost failed to mention, uh, I got a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, most importantly, uh, I did not. Uh, there you go. It's just all over the place right now. So that's why we have the hats on right now. Um, looking forward to, you know, getting out and watching some more rugby, college rugby going on this weekend. The CRCs are happening like that covered by the yeah. rugby network. That's exciting. And major league rugby is happening. It's we're halfway through the season. Did you know that? Like that? How did that happen? I feel like it was we're just a little, we're a little over halfway through the regular season now. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah, we're, what is it? 16, 16 weeks. So yeah, and we're at nine nine games out of sixteen. Yeah, well, I'm I'm saying that we're going to go to the championship game, so that's what. I'm saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping. Got got to change got got to change some things though before we before we get there, and and hopefully you know hopefully that happens here this coming week. Hey, um, Alex, we're gonna do something different this episode. Right. Rather than, you know, just talk about previous matches and an upcoming match, because we've been gone for so long, we've got a shit ton of stuff to cover. So I figured, why don't we uh, why don't we put a little timer on the clock and we'll spend five minutes, fingers crossed that we only spend five minutes per each one of the things to talk about all the crazy stuff that has been going on in in Austin for rugby and in Tech, we'll call it a little bit of Texas for rugby, but mostly for Austin, everything happening in Austin rugby in the past three weeks. And uh, what Alex and I are going to do is we'll maybe just alternate, you know, or at least jump in and talk about, hey, here's what we know and uh, here's what we can tell you. Uh, and then we'll give our opinions on it and see where we land and how far we go over on our timers. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's, it's going to be one of those things where there's going to be a couple of them that's going to go and we're like, yeah, that, that didn't happen. And we yeah. definitely went over. So Alex, what you, you want the lineup first of things we'll talk about and then, uh, then go for it. Or you just want to, want me to no, just, 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 just start it off. Number one. Let's, yeah. hit, let's hit it off, start it off here and we'll get the timer going. The first thing on the list, the NARL West and the Austin Armadillos. Mm. Uh, closing out for the season. It did not actually happen. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, we, we were one of the first American podcasts to cover the fact that the NARL was, well, one was happening. 
uh, you got you got the guys in Australia, Kangaroo Chasers, uh, Michael Carboni, and then uh, uh, Nate over with the uh, Rugby League in America podcast. So they, they cover stuff much longer, years and stuff ahead of us. But uh, as far as a non-normal Rugby League podcast, we were the first ones to cover, and we had a special edition yeah. with the guy uh, with Lars um, from the the NAR West. Um, no, that's it's, it's kind of sad, right? Yeah, because that would have kind of would have dovetailed to the end of uh, the the Austin uh, the AGs regular season and, and postseason. Because uh, I think we have like three weeks or something till the NARL starts. Um, but mm-hmm. there was some former Austin guys, and the, the coach of the Austin Armadillos was a very well known local Austin guy um, who was who was heading that up. And I know a lot of players from Austin were very interested in going to that combine that they were going to hold. Um, you know, we had, Bueno Sanitoga was confirmed. Uh, be, uh, the Fijian Godzilla, uh, Nair Maratanga, uh, big Mikey, he was confirmed. So those were two guys with Austin connections already. So I felt like Austin out of all the Western teams were already starting to build like this, uh, you know, this community that we already knew who they were and people in the fan group were already excited for it. So, you know, they would at least said, Hey, there's interest in watching if they could find a place to watch it. But, uh, since they weren't playing at home, so that's, um, that's kind of a, it's, it's a downer to start off with, but we'll get that out of the way first. I think it's a little bit of a downer. Yeah. Some people don't like rugby league, but I don't know. Like that's, I, as I said before, rugby league is the gateway drug to rugby union for American football fans. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's, um, I think it's very close minded to, to be anti rugby league. And it's like, yeah. it's funny when I see all these people, especially at like the MLR fan zone, like just slamming rugby league and just putting it in its place. They're like the same people that they're the same that's, people that you know, get up in arms when, football fans don't just immediately gravitate to rugby union. It's like, right? Yeah. It's like, um, you know, come on, have an open mind. Have an open mind. Yeah. yeah. It's a great sport. <laughs> and then, and then when rugby league comes around, it's like, no. why would anybody else ever think about playing or watching another sport besides rugby union? Rugby league's not real rugby. Like, man, I'm going to tell you, like, I, I I, I'll admit it. I love watching rugby league. I watched, I watched okay. the shit out of some NRL. Um, I think it's fun. I think it's fa- it's fast paced. It's hard hitting action. I think American sports fans would absolutely love rugby league. And again, you, th- you think of the guys that, that there's a lot of guys that played rugby, you know, uh, you know, Jamil Robinson, who is, was part of the NIR West um, kind of leadership group. I mean, he played, he, he played, he played 10s, he played 15s, he played sevens. Like he, he knows the sport, uh, you know, of rugby union. And so he yeah. was going and helping out in rugby league and player development. I mean, he played with the Ohio, uh, not Ohio, but he played with uh, Asia Pacific dragons in the, uh, in the Bermuda. And so like, he knows these guys. He played with Chris Shade in college. He knows Chris Shade. Like, so like he's got connections to rugby union. I don't see, you know, obviously guys who don't haven't made it in MLR. And if you look at the Atlanta Rhinos, you know, they have four people who were played with and signed with um, rugby ATL who are now playing with Atlanta Rhinos. So that's, a, yeah. you're taking guys who aren't quite there and, you know, for ML, for the MLR status, and they're going to go play another professional side. I say, why not? Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the guys that have played rugby league before they played rugby union. You have like Jason Robinson, um, Andy Farrell, Israel Falau, like and, have, Andrew Sinula, <laughs> Andrew Sinula, Sam Harris. Harris. I don't know if you've heard of Sam Harris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, technically, I mean, he, played, he played both codes too, but but most. Uh, so, most of the guys, some of the guys for Austin, most Aussies for the Aussies for Austin, uh, McLean Jones and Mac Mason both played rugby league before they played rugby union, because that's how yeah. they, that's how they start growing up is they start playing rugby league first before they'd switch over to rugby union. Yeah. Um, and the reality, the reality is that rugby union is the, like, let's be honest. It's the private school, wealthier person sport in most countries besides New Zealand and South Africa. Yeah, rugby, for sure. Rugby league is the, it's it's how it started it started because it was the working man's game so it's it's an excess it's much more accessible than rugby union so i hate when i see rugby union people that get this like snobby turn their nose up attitude 
towards other sports. It's and the, I think they treat soccer the same in a lot of countries as well. So yeah, I hear you. Hey, we didn't, we didn't need to bat a little bit over on that one. So we're good. So. Yeah. All right. Next one up on the list, the Austin Axes. Ooh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Hey, got, I actually got information for them. So I'm going to read who the Austin Axes are. Uh, reached out to them, saw it on social media. Uh, the Austin Axes are our local men's touch rugby side. Listen, Austin mm-hmm. has a huge touch rugby. Alex, you play. I do not yeah, play because I'm old and lazy. Uh, <laughs> touch rugby sides. So they compete in the USA uh, FIT competition, FIT, um, with the biggest tournament being the U.S. Nationals held every year. Uh, there are two sides comprised of 33 players, most of them who are local lads, uh, which is great. A few Aussies, one Safa, one West Indian, and one Englishman thrown in there. You always got to have an Englishman just, just in case. You yeah. just never know. Like, it's kind of one thing. Uh, so they said they train every week, rain, hail, or shine. Uh, they've got a big tournament coming up in New York City on June 12th. Uh, you got six of the best teams from around the United States, and uh, they get to get basically they're going to do a round robin tournament against each other, uh, which is yeah. pretty exciting. Um, they'll be Austin Axes actually have two teams, uh, which is great. Uh, so you have two of New York City's top two teams, as well as San Diego. And then, of course, you have the national champs in Portland, who are the other uh, team that's going to be there. There is a $7,000 prize uh, for the winner of that tournament. That's, that's pretty awesome. You know, 7,000 bucks. You can't beat that. Um, as well as something money can't buy bragging rights. I, I like that part they threw in there at the end. Uh, it's the first legit tourney since COVID's hit. Um, so all, basically they're saying everybody's pumped and, and you know, they're ready to get going. Uh, so that's, that's pretty exciting. If you want to follow them and I recommend everybody go do that. Uh, I have their social media uh, right here. It is the Austin Axes, basically ATX Axes, a taxes. Yep. <laughs> at, at taxes um yeah atx axes on uh on instagram uh, i don't know if the same is on their facebook but i know they're on instagram um alex i'm sure you know and play with plenty of the people who are probably on that team yeah so um are you I on that team <laughs> no i used to be a lot more involved with um touch last year i guess pre pre-pandemic era yeah um, oh, so and when, when was that? When how far long ago was that? <laughs> <laughs> Two years now. But, Jeez, uh, yeah, I was um pretty involved. I used to go and train with the the touch. It, they used so it used to be there used to be a team called the Aussies, and then there was um, ATR, which is Austin Touch Rugby, and the guy that kind of runs Austin Touch Rugby for the last like five years, Steve Watt. He um, he's got, you know, he's got kids and he's kind of, um, got his own family. So he sort of stepped away from yeah. the full time running the Austin touch rugby setup. Um, and basically what happened was that the Aussies and Austin touch rugby merged and okay. now the, the Austin ATX axes and, um, yeah, they're, they've got a lot of really good players and I know that they train every week. Um, it's true. They train rain, hail or shine. Cause they train at Westlake and Westlake's got a turf field. <laughs> so no excuses not to play. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, there's a lot of local guys from the Huns and the blacks. Like, uh, I know Corey Jones, Patrick Coleman, and, uh, Aaron bone are three. I, saying, I, think of. Yeah, I knew, I knew Aaron bone was playing for sure. And I think, I think I saw Corey um, was playing too. Yeah. And then like, uh, Newt, um, and yeah, Newt loves his touch rugby. Yeah, he does. Newt and and, and, are and his and his dots pretzels. That's a shout out to Newt right there. Oh, I didn't know that. But, yeah, uh, loves his dots pretzels. <laughs> it's a it's a really uh, it's a really good group of dudes. And then the the Aussies are um, these four brothers. I think it's four of them. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's just three brothers. Um, and they are all just really like committed to touch and. Um, yeah. They do. I mean, they do so much for the Austin Touch rugby scene. They organize a lot of these tournaments, so um, it's really cool what what they have going on. And um, last year they had a, a co-ed team. Um, they invited me out to play with that. That was a lot of fun um, out in San Diego. So it's a cool scene. I was just gonna say, wasn't the didn't they go out and play in 
they they did pretty well if I remember correctly. I, uh, maybe, I, maybe I'm we, maybe I'm thinking of somebody. I mean, I'm thinking of a different tournament. No, we went out with there was a men's side last year at Touch Nationals. Like it's not you don't qualify for it, but I mean, when it, I say national, there's teams from everywhere, like yeah. international too. Um, I think both teams finished like middle out of like sixteen or thirty-two teams. I can't remember. Yeah. But interesting okay well cool it's a cool, it's a cool setup and, you know if you're listening and you're maybe not playing tackle rugby anymore that's like one of the best ways that like our coach adam scheidler plays on it and he's he's really good at touch yeah um, and adam and i talked about it. we're both old so we can go ahead and play too <laughs> uh awesome all right man uh that's another one down and on the books for us so uh next one next one up i don't know how much you know about this but we're going to talk about the Austin Outlaws. What do you, what do you know about Austin Outlaws? Is it the Aussie Rules team? No, it's not. The Austin Outlaws is the AG's academy team. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Great. So I, I, I saw this a couple of weeks ago. Um, there hasn't been a whole lot of information out. I know I did get to talk to, um, uh, to uh, Mason about um, – basically about what was going on uh with the team i'm actually pulling it up right now so i can remember <laughs> get, get his words exactly uh so mason herring who who is i guess he's assistant i want to say assistant coach um along with uh mark gerard who is kind of heading up the academy i want somebody to head up your academy and mark gerard how awesome is that um so yeah, what I saw last time was the post that UT Rugby, um, this, this came straight from UT social media page. So the UT Rugby page uh, had announced that they are in partnership, uh, kind of working with uh, the AGs to basically be, you know, the pathway uh, for the as part of the academy team for, you know, the U18s and I think eventually U20s um, that Austin is building. And you know, we're building all the way down to the youth level, you know, getting after the Huns move on and into high school and stuff. I think that's kind of when um, uh, the Huns youth rugby, that's when the AGs are kind of stepping in and helping out or they're trying to do it in combination. I don't know exactly all of that. So I will be full caveat that I want to make sure I get that right. Uh, the goal is to have uh, Mason Herring and uh, Coach Gerard on a podcast so we can talk about uh, Academy Rugby probably after the season is over. Um, but I do know uh, there is going to be a game coming up for the uh, uh, for the U18s for the, uh, the Academy. And it's, uh, they're going to play NOLA and the Sabercats uh, U18 on June 4th and 5th. So that's pretty exciting. Um, the great thing about it is it wasn't just UT, it was Baylor as well. And somebody also told me that it was also Texas A&M. So what Austin um, has, what Austin has done is like, go and say, okay, we want every college rugby team to come be a part of our Academy training program, which is brilliant. I love that. Well, you know what else is brilliant is I'd love that to know. a lot of these colleges um, were specifically told that they cannot represent university in club sports they because of like COVID. so they're not allowed to play for texas a&m or for mm. baylor or t so that's a bit of a gray and that's a murky area right there without getting really good, i mean i found a great workaround which is um hey let's train and play as the outlaws we're just this is our own extracurricular thing we just happen to all have have all the baylor kids on one outlaw team and all the a&m kids on another (laughs) all the ut Um, players on another one oh interesting yeah but you know what like it's it's to me it's like an awesome way for them to still get to play rugby and they're not breaking any school rules and Mm. um they're not even using the school facilities. So I think that um, Where, they played at Burr Field the last time, if I believe, correct? Like when they actually yeah, did yeah. a round robin. Was it a round robin tournament? I don't know if you, I wasn't here. So I, could, I didn't know much about that. Yeah, they did a, they did a, a whole round robin. They did it um, uh, after the, the women played their okay. round robin tournament. So, all right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, hopefully. Nobody gets in trouble for that, but I, you know, at the same time, I sit here and go, "Well, if UT is just going to be part, I mean, might as well. It's in this we're in the same town and stuff, so it's uh, yeah. you might as well have a feeder system going into college. That's kind of how it would work, 
you know, in other places, like people would go and train and live in whatever city or town that you're in, in the UK or, you know, down in, or in Australia. So why not? Right. Like take the teams that are close, um, you know, Baylor and A&M, you know, what is an hour and a half away? And, you know, I guess try to bring everybody together and start forming a, a feeder system for, you know, collegiate rugby, you know, in, in the AGs, which I think is, yeah, I'm all for it. Um, yeah. I wonder, I know that there was a sign up for people interested. I wonder how much they'll continue on that. Something we'll have to ask uh, Mason Herring and, and coach Gerard here. Um, you know, whenever we get them on the podcast, I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure they'll have the answers. I'm sure they will too. The bad thing is, is we don't have the answers on that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, all I know yeah. is I appreciated the kit. I like the logo that they had. Uh, Outlaws is yeah. a pretty pretty good name. As a kid, who doesn't want to be an outlaw? Right. Yeah. Texan, an outlaw. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. And hey, we did good on that one. This one, I know yeah. that we're not going to hold to the five minutes because it's a lot to cover. Alex, yeah. I'm going to let you start with this one because I think it was it last weekend, two weekends ago, I think it was two weekends ago. Huns, Blacks, round two, the rematch. The rematch. At Burfield, yeah. uh, man, clean sweep? Question mark. What happened? <laughs> um, it was a really good game. It was definitely, you know, the Blacks are definitely a lot better than they were when we played them at Nixon. I think they were a little undercooked at that stage, and yeah, you know, they're getting they're they, getting to the right temperature when they played you guys last. Yeah, right. They needed a couple <laughs> kicks in the butt against us and um, against. HTX, who yeah. they had actually beat, they had actually beaten ATX, HTX the first time. And the, then, the, uh, the, the big debated score from uh, rugby right. HTX, <laughs> what the final score that match really was. <laughs> no, if you watch it, it was pretty obvious. Yeah, right. One, but uh, terrible. No, but um, they they yeah got whooped by us and then got whooped by HTX, and I think like two things happened. I think first, it kind of got them to be like, all right, let's start really taking this seriously. And then second, I think possibly more importantly, some more guys came out of the woodwork that haven't hadn't, hadn't, been, hadn't been training the entire season. <laughs> yeah, so the Blacks had, you know, closer to their, you know, traditional roster. And so we went out and we played them, and it was a really good game. It was wet um tons of people and uh they just had the ball most of the game um yeah. but we really did a good job of playing territory and kind of pinning them into their um into their own half and kind of playing to the corners and making them run it out on us and then taking points when they're on offer yeah, just taking uh, taking points in there on offer, and um, yeah, we got we got the win. It was two point two point grinder grinder win there. Um, right. Twenty six twenty four in that D one game. D one though, that's uh, that's that's first time I, I believe, according to Mister Bill Overton on the Huns old cast, that that's the first time that that's ever happened. That's twice in one season. Uh, the Do year you, that the Hunt, the year the Huns won the national championship, they beat the Blacks twice. Okay. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's never happened. Yeah, and it's, a, it's a pretty pretty good move. I mean, obviously, you know, we I support both teams. Alex only supports the Huns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, it's uh nothing against the Blacks, but it's it is pretty mo- monumental. Um, you know, just kind of yeah, second time and, ever for for them. Yeah, and then they actually turned around um, the, the following weekend and just stuffed the uh, the Reds. The Reds, like Dallas. yeah. So, even yeah. even D D two of that uh, that match, you know, Huns D two sixty three to twelve. Oh my god, what happened yeah. there? Holy moly! <laughs> like, Honestly, the, our D two is just like hit another stride because the week before they beat the Reds D two like yeah. seventy to fourteen. So yeah. I, I noticed those big scores going up in D two. Going what, what's what's happening? Yeah, to, yeah, that's awesome. I think it's a, I think it's like a combination of you know um, we've got a lot of guys coming out to practice now, and so yeah. the 
talent pool is good, but also like, you know, when you have a lot of guys at practice, you can do full on 15 on 15 a lot during training. So that's key for any, any team right there. Yeah. It lifts the standard on both sides. Like even last year, like, you know, it was kind of surprised when I was training with the AGs, like you think like, Oh, it's a professional team. Like they don't deal with the same problems as club teams or college teams. (laughs) like we're at practice and you know mid-season like guys start getting injured guys have guys are sick guys even had to go do like some like news press releases it's like we've had some practices with like 22 dudes and it was you know you can't even play full 15 on 15 and practice on a professional team so you know it's like you, you gotta like appreciate when you do have the numbers um to run like a full opposed scrimmage in practice and and yeah yeah we've been able to do that yeah well i mean it, it is it, it's important you know obviously we see that with you know with every professional team right now and you know to have have a club team uh, an organization like the huns and blacks where you can put 30 on the pitch at one time and still have guys waiting to play in the wings um yeah, right it, it's only going to make you better as a player right you don't or I forget where I heard this recently, like as even as high school, like you got to find the parts that's fun. Everybody, you know, if you go back training, like guys who played at small clubs. So I, I played at a small club to start off with and you go and you do your exercises and your warmups and stuff and you do your drills and you get into running some plays and stuff. But by the time you got done, there's like 15 minutes left in practice. Like last 15 minutes, we're just do full contact and just go at it. Okay. Uh, but it's, it was still only like, 15 on seven or 15 right. on eight. Yeah. Like that was yeah. an, an ideal would be like, Oh man, we got 10 on 15. Shit. Like that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I think that that's the, <laughs> that's- our, D2, our D2 coach used to play for, um, long, long Island or he's going to be, he's going to be mad that I can't remember his team's name, but, um, one of the teams on long Island and he was saying how, like back in the day, they, you know, they only had like 24 dudes in the whole club. So he yeah. said that like, you know, and you still, they still had to play two games, like to give, um, opponents two games. Tournament you, time, play yeah. full, you play a full first side game and then go play a full second side game, uh, every single weekend. Yeah. But he said, it made them, he said it made them better if, you know, the attrition turned <laughs> the hell out of you though. <laughs> yeah. I remember going to playing in like, uh, in the Midwest when the team I played for, like we went to, the championships and finals and stuff like we had to play game on Saturday game on Sunday and we probably had 20 maybe 24 guys maybe 24 guys and so that's that second game Sunday afternoon man you were just exhausted because oh yeah oh yeah it's rough so totally get that um how did uh so Obviously, we're, we're over time, but that we knew this one would go over. Um, how does the uh, the season pan out? Is it is it done? Are you guys still the Huns and I guess fifteen season done for basically for for D one? We have one more game against um, the Harlequins on Saturday. Okay, so you know this is just all like unofficial and everything. Yeah, and for in the little four team league that we had with the Reds us htx and the blacks the, every the, team, the quins didn't do it put out a d1 team no Qu- quins played but they didn't play against any of those teams yeah. um i guess they played the reds once but like the original schedule was that those four teams would play each other twice yeah and uh the reds first blacks first game got canceled. canceled yeah but unofficially if you go by all the scores after it all we did Huns win. win that competition. Yeah. Huns because win. we have, we are at, we are at four and two. The Reds are at three and two. The Blacks are at two and two. And HTX is at, no, sorry, sorry. We are at four and two. The Reds three and two. The Blacks are two and four. And HTX is two and four. Yeah. But the only team that could catch us on record would be the Reds. But if you calculate all the points, we're at 22 points in the standings and they are at 15 points in the standings. Untouchable. Can, yeah. Or un, we're untouchable. You can't, um, you can't score seven points and, nope. you know, on even for bonus points. <laughs> yeah. Cause they, and their, and their two losses, they only got um, one bonus point out of both losses combined. And bonus points are really important. 
feel yeah, so, feel so we, I feel so we may talk about that later too. Right. In our two losses, we had three bonus points. So there you go. Cool. There man. you go. That's, that's awesome. Uh, obviously no national championship this year. No anything because of COVID, but uh, at least it, it's a building block and something to look forward to for you know, really the fall. Right. Because, you know, yeah. quick turnaround. Um, you've got sevens coming up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, here for here in the next couple of weeks and months. And so, you know, blood fest coming up, which is kind of exciting. That'll be broadcast too. I believe I forget. If it's- I want to say that, um, I think Ryan Ginty and I, I think level. next level rugby is going to do it. Yeah. I, I, I talked to Ryan tomorrow, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, I might be helping out with CRC this weekend. So, yep. um, all right, there we go. Huns, <laughs> Huns blacks round two. We got it. Next, next up on the list, Alex, really exciting. The Eagles have named their 41 extended player pool for the summer. There are four AGs on the team. You got Ruben DeHaas, you got our captain, Bryce Campbell, you've got Will McGee, and... Oh, I just had a brain fart and a half. The uncapped, the uncapped. And the uncapped Connor Mooneyham. Sorry, thank you very much. <laughs> we talked about it. Uh, I was disappointed to not to see Zinni wasn't on there. Uh, I know probably injury injuries this year have really kind of hurt Zinni when he's not been on. When Zinni's been on the pitch, though, effing ridiculous. Yeah. Like, just yeah, untouchable. No. Like, you can't stop him. Um, let's get, get him healthy and get him get him capped as an Eagle next year or next yeah. next in the fall test series. Um, but I think that that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, Austin has four players. You know, it was, there's more players in the MLR. Like, all these players in MLR teams, Austin's one of the teams that, you know, had more than two, basically, more than, more than three, I think it was. Uh, there's another person with Austin ties that also yeah. got named to that squad. Do you know who he is? Yeah. I, I've known him for like 23 years. Known him for 23 years. You used to give him wedgies when yeah. he was, when he was a kid, uh, used to just give him a swirly every now and then. That's right. I did whack him in the head, did whack him in the head with a flash, uh, a flashlight when he was, yeah. um, you know, like zero years old. He probably deserved it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh everybody listening and, and watching. Mr. Ryan Reese, Alex's brother, has made it into the player of the player pool of 41. Man, that's gotta be happy. Your your Johnny's gotta be happy. Dad's got mom and dad gotta be really proud. I mean, you've got to be proud as your bro- as yeah. a brother too, man. That's that's pretty yeah, awesome. Definitely. I mean, if I would I'd love to go if he makes the um if he, if he can make the squad and um play in England, yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, and then the rest of our family lives there too. So that would yeah, be that's true. Neat. In, um, in England, or where's your family? They Wales. all they're all from, they're all from Wales, but Wales, they, live, they live in. They, I mean, my dad moved to England when he was two years old, so okay. they've been there since. Um, so nice. yeah, that'll be pretty sweet. That's um, if you can make rosters, I know he's got uh, his competition is obviously Ruben, and then the the twin towers and uh michael baska and nick boyer and boyer yeah uh yeah it's i i have my thoughts on what i want to see <laughs> from an american scrum half right now uh i i mean i'm not the coach so it doesn't really matter i don't think baska is a good choice on that one it's just um you know ruben he's, he's a, a basket to me is a great rugby player that has found a spot like I think he's more of a like you want him on the field because he's dynamic and he's like just a good athlete he can yeah. do a lot of things, but he's not like your conventional yeah like snappy scrum half moves around the park really quickly. But I think he, I think he's like a real like good player. Yeah, like just, there's, no, there's no denying he's a good player. I just don't think he's yeah. he's what I want from a from an eagle yeah. scrum half right now. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously Nick Boyer, he's solid. He's having a, ever since he left LA, just having an absolute cracker of a season over there, you know, in, in, uh, in Houston. Um, and then of course, Ruben DeHaas now just coming over and playing with us. You know, that's, uh, it's kind of stiff competition, but we'll get a look at, we'll get a good look at, um, 
Basca and Boyer in the next couple of weeks. Yep. Literally back to back weeks. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, it'll be, it'll be exciting. Uh, we got a lot of, uh, a lot of potential there. Uh, it's, it's good to see, you know, it's nice to see Austin has four players really. Yeah. That are, yeah, that, that hasn't, that hasn't happened in the past. We hadn't had actually any Eagles playing with us. Well, active Honka. Eagles. Uh, yeah. Honka. That's, that's true. Honka was and in season one. Honka was there. Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, Honka was the only one at that particular time. Uh, you had guys who were on the fringe, um, you know, like Pete Malcolm was on the fringe at one time, obviously Mason Peterson and Zinni who got put it in yeah. before COVID happened last year. So you know, again, we'd love to see more. We'd love to get more of those. You know, I'd love to see, obviously, Don Bailey's having a great year. Uh, Don McKean has been hurt, so that it kind of put him off. And he, again, not the best year to start off with, but I think he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. So that's another one of the things that we're constantly having to deal with. And that's what you, yeah. as as a coach, you just got to select who you got out there. Uh, yeah. It's a tough competition to lose forwards and you, for USA Rugby. Um, you've got to deal with Honko and you got to deal with some of the other guys that are there. So I think that overall, for me, you know, uh, it'd be exciting to see what happens. Um, I know that, uh, I know that Connor Mooneyham is, you know, um, still coming back from injury, um, from, from the concussion, uh, and he's still on protocol, but, uh, uh, word has it that he's, he's, he'll be around here in the next, next week or so. Um, yeah, so. At least it's not like a, I mean, not to like downplay the severity of a, of a head injury, but like a coming back off of a head injury, I feel like is less of a, performance hindrance than like a knee a torn acl (laughs) yeah yeah cool well there we go usa eagle 41 man roster four ags and one and one austin austinite austinite yeah austinite austinite and 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 of course big shout out to the brother of the co-host of the podcast so (laughs) all right alex ready to move on to the next one we're we're moving right along we're not doing too bad that's better than i thought Next one, AG's match against Rooney. Rooney came here fresh off of their win against the Giltinis. And obviously, we, we, were, we had come off a, a loss away at New England. Uh, a disappointing loss, actually. It was, we didn't really yeah. cover this too much. That was, I, it, it, I think it was just tough because we, you know, we lost to New England. We had Rooney and then LA. So it was a, it's a and then, of course, you know, coming up this week, we got Utah, which we'll talk about. But, it was the new England game. We just felt like the second half, like I, what happened to them? Like they just kind of, that, that's the only way I could just kind of pittered out, man. Uh, I, it is. It's I mean, like, I, I'm not going to like say that I called it, but I think I did say that yeah. uh, we would peter out in the second half because of the long travel up North. Yeah. Humid. You know? Yeah. Well, but so, Rugby United came down and, and literally we, you know, the first half, it was like penalty goal, penalty goal, penalty goal, penalty goal, back and yeah. forth. It was basically, it was Mac Mason versus, versus Hanshead. <laughs> uh, and after that first half, I think it was, it was, uh, I can't remember what the actual score was at halftime. Now I know we were up by like one point or so. And we were up 13-9. 13-9, that's what it was. 13-9, and literally we shut Rooney out the entire second half. Yeah. yeah. We we dominated possession. We dominated territory. The attacking minutes, it was like, that was part of the, the match of like, yeah, we really showed, we showed what we could absolutely do. Um, our gain line over was like 55%. Like we were just, we just played well, and we shut them down yeah. on defense, which is what we really needed. Um you know, our tackle percentage was somewhere around 90% tackle completion. And it was, it was a solid match. Like I thought that they, they did really well. It's disappointed that again, the offense just seems to be not clicking the way that it was a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, obviously again, I go back to the game against Seattle and I was like, Oh yeah, that's how you're supposed to click. And that's how you're supposed to link up Uh first half against the free Jacks. That's how you're supposed to link up. That's how you're supposed to play. Uh, the second half, and then of course, for most of the game against uh, against New York, it was like, oh, guys, what's like, what's going on here? It just didn't seem like there was, didn't seem like there was much going on. <laughs> it always feels like we're, I don't know why, but it always feels like we don't have any space. Yeah, maybe you it's, know, it's like, maybe it's you know what? It's it's every it's like every time I see us like get a good carry up the middle or 
you know, something like when we get the backs into that, like wider channels, it's like, we, it's always like, seems like it's like four on four with not much space to work. And Mac has no other option other than to like pass a short ball and someone gets or or kick through or something like like that. Yeah. It's just like, I, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. I, I mean, and, 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 you know, I think, a, I think a big thing too is um, the last couple of weeks, I think not having Connor at, you know, he was out for most of that New York game. And the entire second half, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, he's our, him and Zinzan are like our spark, like make yeah. something happen guys. And they both been out. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll agree with you on that one for sure. I think, yeah, no, again, nothing against you know Cole Davis who came on and actually did a has done a pretty good job. He gets a couple breakaways here and there. Um, I'd like to see Cole get ball in space a little bit more. Uh, Roderick yeah. didn't play. Um, yeah, again, hoping he gets back on the pitch this week because I do think Roderick is just a Roderick's one of those who can light things up too. I think he's been out past two games probably with a little i would assume with a little a, a niggle if you will a uh, little little injury here or there it's just it's just it happens it's part of rugby you can't yeah. you can't put a team out there that you got your you know one of your you know premier scoring positions you know basically <laughs> you know with with a, yeah. with with a nick on his leg or something like that that you, you can't be at 100% uh, you need him there you need him at 100% uh, so I, I apologize i had a brain fart roderick did play in the New York game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He started, he started, it was last week. It was against LA that he didn't play. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, Roderick, I mean, but again, Roderick, you know, when he, I think he, he only got like four or five carries. Um, so just not getting the ball out wide. And maybe, maybe it is because it was on a shorter field. Like Coda is not the full length field, but, uh, or full width field that, that a rugby. Is it, is Coda narrow? It's narrow. It's a narrow pitch. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, that, that does explain maybe the lack of space. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know where they go, go to Utah, which I believe is in a, is a full, full width pitch. Um, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So well, yeah. Utah, Utah likes to run and gun. So yeah. Oh yeah. We know that that's, it's just one of those things, you know, I think go yeah, the team other net played pretty well. Like Hugh Roach had a great game, scored a great try, yeah. had, had a couple big hits. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Choking there. Uh, what I really like was, uh, was McLean Jones, like nine ball carries, 77 meters, two line breaks, three tackle breaks, one offload. And I mean, really just, and made the gain line 89% of the time. And then had nine tackles, nine completed tackles on top of that. That's, there's a solid game. He was on the MLR 15 of the week, along with, uh, along with the WAPA himself, who also had a just solid game scrummaging and had some good carry meters as well. Um, you know, Good, good stuff on that one. New York game, it was big, it, and it led us to what was going to be a huge. Well, it, it it was a huge game, and bringing the other Gill team in for the cocktail cup or the Gill Bowl yeah. or whatever it was be. You know, Wednesday night that was it was kind of a short turnaround for both teams, and obviously, you know, that's that's the next one on the list here. Alex is uh, the match against, you know. Uh, big big match against the Giltinis. Uh, man, uh, how do I? As I'm on vacation and I was watching that game, I just wanted to go mother. Beep! I just so many times, so many times I yelled and screamed. Um, it, it was for the if you didn't watch the game, don't <laughs> like just take our word for it. It was pretty frustrating. Um, I don't know, Alex. How do you? How did you? I'll, I'll let you go first on this one, and, and your thoughts on the game before I maybe rant on a few things here. Um, I thought, you know, defensively we were very like resilient. I thought we were like, especially inside of our twenty-two, like our that kind of bend but don't break uh, mentality, or I don't know if it was mentality, but like we did, we bent but we didn't break, and we held them to their second lowest scoring output of the year at just yeah. 17 points we defended well we especially um caused some turnovers and big moments uh i thought we exited really well yeah. um oh, that one exit by will mcgee was absolutely phenomenal yeah. <laughs> yeah. i mean will mcgee just the entire game was just fantastic he yeah. saved our butts but um 
which know, isn't what just, you really want all the time, right? You don't want your fullback. Yeah, you don't, you, that's not that's not the best. Like, yeah, he saved our butts every single time, but it's not what you really want. You don't want him saving our butts all the time. So. <laughs> it was, me, it was um, very much uh, a lesson, I think, to us of like, yeah, we can do well being a defensive-minded team. Like when you go against the top dogs, you can't just rely on, oh, we'll just we'll maul in for our one or two tries. Like we will just kick to the corner and we'll manufacture a set piece try. Like we did we didn't do a whole lot to break down LA. Like it was just one it was very one-off rugby. It was like, let's just try to power through the game line jab, 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 and then win a penalty and then take advantage of having Isaac Ross and win a line out. And what happened was LA committed only four penalties the whole game. And yeah. it was just like phase after phase after phase of running four. into a brick wall. Four yeah. pe- I mean, we only committed nine. That's one of our lowest of the season as well. But every, but there were, there were times when we were running the ball, like we just lost it, like just, just lost it. Like they had yeah. granted, like Cottrell played it phenomenal. Like that's, mm-hmm. he's probably my vote for player of the year this year. Like he's, that dude is just unstoppable. Um, yeah. Agnes Cottrell, like he's just great. The, the big thing that I felt, you know, did we play great defense? <laughs> yes. At times. However, we had 30 missed tackles, 30. Ooh, 30 yeah. missed tackles like of everything like you if you even do it in half like you know they, they had a lot of a lot, lot of big big breaks you know a lot, a lot of not, not big breaks but a lot of breaks like there weren't a lot of big breaks in the, in the match the try that was scored you know uh you know the tries the try by stevens was lucky uh, you know uh lo- local guy you know, (laughs) Stevens gets a score in Austin. So that, that was, you know, it's good for him. But at the same time, you know, for, for me, I'm sitting there going, he, no one was covering the point basically. And he just took the ball right over top. That was just an ridiculous try. Uh, Ryberg's try again, should have been stopped, but that's just my thought. But again, I think we didn't really have, we weren't, I don't feel like we were in attacking 22 for maybe more than four minutes. It just felt like that. Like we weren't like, it just, I, I may be wrong. Um, our gain line, basically we only hit the gain line. We were only o- over the gain line 46% of the time. And it gets me to my point. And I'm, I might catch flack for this, but I really don't care. Um, I know it was Ruben DeHaas' first game. I felt as though Ruben was incredibly slow at the rucks, uh, at the breakdown getting the ball out, we were waiting, um, and you can see it, right? So our ruck speed, our six-second-plus ruck speed, 13% of our ball was yeah. – 13% of the time of our rucks were six seconds or longer. And yeah. uh, I, every single time, the reason that WAPA, the reason that Mason, the reason that everybody who was a ball carrier got hit behind the game line is because L.A. had a chance to set up. And I, again, I know it was the first game, and honestly, I can say as soon as as soon as Pele came in, he absolutely sped the game up and moved it a whole lot faster to try to get us out and moving. But that was one right. of the things that just irritated yeah. the piss out of me. Uh, was that, like I know Ruben DeHaas is a great player, like I, I, no doubt about it. Like he's he's gonna do done great things for us. I don't know. Again, we don't know the lineups as of yet for for this coming week's match, but I still think that it was you know, it wasn't as fast play as we normally could. And that's why Wapa got hit and knocked back behind the game line, which frustrates him because you want to keep attacking. We just couldn't get to that point. Um, Sorry. That, that was, that was my soapbox no, I, moment. I don't want to get too. I actually uh, really agree with you. And to me, bad. to me, I might be wrong, but to me, it looked like the hosp was uh, out of shape. Yeah. Like I didn't, he was, he looked a little, like he slow. was that one. He was also like, he looked absolutely winded and gassed after like 12 minutes of the game. I mean, it was, and, it was hot and muggy. We'll give him that. Cause it was it yeah. just rained. It rained basically for a month. <laughs> it felt like a month, right. but it was rained but every single day. I don't know that he's really played since the Curry cup ended, which was in, ended in January. January. That's like four months. He just did. I've seen him. He wasn't, he he didn't have full match fitness. 
I've seen him play for the Eagles plenty, and like he usually moves around a lot quicker yeah. and is getting the ball. I I noticed the same thing. I thought that our ball speed was really slow, and I think and I thought that when Pele plays, it's it seems to be a lot snappier. Um, yeah. But you know, um, to, to give credit where credits due, LA is also really really good. Oh yeah, they're. And, I mean, they're- and like the, the road to the championship is going to the Coliseum. Like there's just no doubt about it. Like, to be honest, like, like New York caught LA traveling cross country without a lot of their players. Yeah. And so you, I don't know. I didn't get that. Got some older, older dudes, but right. Like, so, I mean, you, you can go and you can look at the minutes played Christian Pavidian, Adam Ash, Harrison Goddard, Matt Ghetto. Vandermover, Billy Meeks, Adam Ashley Cooper, and Luke Burton, and Charlie Abel, and 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 uh, Dehoda all played 80 minutes. All of them. Yeah. You would talk about people who wanted to win that game. They wanted to win. Like they were putting their stars out the entire match. Um, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they had to. They knew. They also they started like... 11 internationals. By the way, <laughs> they had 12, but one had to put one. But one had to be a late late scratch, is what I hear. So, honestly, that they're like. Um roster when they played new york I, I can't get it pulled up right now um whatever yeah i know so, that they're very short-handed um yeah somebody gets if, if ghetto gets hurt he's he's the catalyst for them if i mean meek's coming back helps them out if ghetto gets hurt or if adam Ash cooper goes down it's they they're really yeah. struggling ryan james plays well like he did, did good but anyway we'll move on to to the next one the next match here we go man it's big right battle of two two versus three technically we're we are ahead in the standings because we have five wins and uh and utah has four but this weekend is is austin and utah at utah a rematch of the week one game where it was basically you know a shootout we lost it that we missed on that 51 yard you know penalty at the end lost yeah. by two um you know it's obviously whew, man here's the thing we have to keep utah from getting a bonus point period <laughs> utah has scored yeah. like nine bonus points this year it's insane like it's I just like a ridiculous number um you got to stop mikey Teo, yeah which is very difficult to do but uh, i just you know, I don't know what the lineup's going to be going in. Um, going back to a little bit to last week, we will be without Mo Abdominant, who is out for the season with a knee with a tour. I believe he tore his ACL um, when that tackle that he went down in the game. Like you saw it, he was in pain, writhing in pain. And he had come yeah. on for Michael DeWall, whose arm was in a sling. Uh, pretty sure I, I don't get the final report on him, but I'm pretty sure that he is out maybe for their, at least a couple of weeks, if not the season, um, depending on what that was. Uh, but I know that it was, it was pretty bad, which is hurtful because the wall has been absolutely, he's been the quiet MVP of the team. Yeah. I, I think so. Anyway, Utah, Utah, Austin, what are you thinking, Alex here? Like what, what are you, what are you going into the game? Looking at, looking for, um, I think, Last time I thought something that really kind of messed with us was, you know, for one, not taking the points against Utah there in the first half. We had so many chances, but um, their line speed really gave us a hard time. I thought, I know we ended up scoring 30 points, but, or 29 points, but um, no, their line speed was really aggressive and they played at a tempo that I think we weren't ready for uh, at that point in the season. Mm-hmm. And that's just how Utah plays. And so they're going to look at home up in the mountains, like high altitude. They're going to play that really fast, aggressive style and see if, you know, we can stick with them for 80. Um, and I think that I think a, I, I, I would be interested to know like what our injury report looks like heading up to Utah, because I think that like, this is one of those games where you need all eight guys off the bench because it's it's gonna go it's gonna go down to the wire and it's also gonna be exhausting playing yep. up at up at that altitude. Yeah, for sure. And again, hopefully everybody's coming. Again, it's gonna be close. Like I just think it's gonna be a close match. Um, All time Utah's ahead of us two two one and one win win loss draw. Um, but I think 
you know, overall, like if you look at like head to head statistics, you know, we're, we're tied in possession. We're tied in territory that we were tied in attacking minutes are nearly identical. Defending minutes are identical. We are still the number one ranked defense in the league, which is great. However, Utah is the number two offense in the league. And I can't, I think if we can play, we play, but we've been playing better defense from game two, well, game three, well, game three, from game three on, then we played in games one and two. So hopefully that our defense starts playing a little bit better. Um, I think we got to get down our penalties. We got to get our penalties down for sure. Um, and miss tackles. I think that's been the big thing you know, the past two weeks yeah. is just to make sure that we get that. And we got to get that rut speed up. Uh, I, I, I do think yeah. like we, we typically average around 61% in the less than three second range, which is really, really fast. And that's what we really want, but we need to get that up and make sure that that maintains that, that speed for this. Um, there are a couple players on, on Utah's team. And obviously we talked about, um, <clears throat> Mikey Teo, who scores, I believe every single game almost, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, you have like Lance Williams, who's a solid player. Uh, Yuri Van Buren, like also like he averages like nine, um, you know, nine, nine, to nine tackles a game, something like that. Um, and again, like they, they have a really, they have a really solid team. I was actually just trying to look at this. Mikey, Mikey Teo averages four tackle breaks a game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been the catalyst. And then, I mean, right. Delta has also been playing really well. I think he's just kind of runs a really tight ship. And that's a lot of what Utah it does is, you know, like they counterattack really well and they um, play an expansive game. And it's like, they're able to do that because their fly half Schulte doesn't really mess up a whole no, lot. No, he doesn't. He's consistent like, as hell. Consistent. Yeah, like we got lucky. Like we got kind of lucky against ATL that like Escura threw some errant passes when they had opportunities. Oh, yeah. but like he doesn't miss when he has a chance. So nope. We've got to be. We've just got to be like like you said. We can't be missing tackles. No, we can't. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle. Um, I hope our offense shows up. Um, I I have heard that. Um, people who might be back might have Donna Kina back, uh, might have Frank Halai back, which would be, God, Frank's been out Ooh. for, yeah, it'd be huge. Cause Frank just plays a whole different game. It, it, it allows, it allows, you know, it allows Ned to go out and play on the wing, like filling in for Connor at, at this particular time. So, um, rather than playing at, at, at 13, you know, at, or at 12 that he, he had been playing. So that would be, it'll be interesting to see. <sighs> When that when that report turn when that report comes out or when it comes it should be should come out tomorrow morning I would assume day before, usually a day before a match um, it'd be interesting to see you know you want, you want my hot take I'm ready I would play Hodson and uh, Big Frank in the middle where are you putting Bryce Campbell bench come off the bench ah no I, I I'll disagree with you on that one. Bryce has had two great weeks back to back, like over a hundred meters carrying both matches. And uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Bryce. I may, I may move Bryce to 12 and put Frank at 13 and see what happens. Mm. Just see what happens. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Lots to talk about. Uh, you want to give a, you want to give a score estimation? Yeah, I think, I think we pull it out. I think we pull it out. Um, 20, I think we pull out 29 to 27, 29, 27. That is Alex's pick. Oh man. Uh, I'm going to go. I don't want them to score the bonus point. So I'm going to go a little bit further. I'm going to go tonight. <laughs> I think our defense, I think our defense will step up. We'll go. Uh, God, I had to do math here to make sure I could, we could actually get to that number. <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go 20, 25, 15. Ooh. Okay. Nice. 25. Uh, no, I want to go 20, 24, 15. I think 24, 15. I want to, I want to be the first thing to put Utah under 20 points and not get a bonus point. That's only because I wishful thinking. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously Utah is a high scoring team, so we'll see what happens with them. Yeah. There we go. Alex, we made it through our entire list uh, in less than two hours. Congratulations. Uh, been good. 
really appreciate you joining the podcast this week. And since it's been As three always. weeks since we, since we talked, <laughs> Hey, it's good. Um, Alex, there's only one more home game left coming up on June 12th. Uh, have you got your go Groniac gear yet? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> I guess so. What's that? You got, the, you got the hat? Hey, everybody, yeah. if you want to get Gilgroniac gear and give to charity at the exact same time for all those who have been affected by the winter storms down here in Texas, or you just want to order some really cool Texas gear, uh, Texas rugby gear, nice T-shirts, hoodies, vests, or not vests, excuse me, uh, like singlets, if you will, uh, you can go to Austin, you can go to uh, the, the rugbyshop.com forward slash Austin Rugby Supporters. And all that's on there. Um, I'm also putting it on our Facebook page too. So you can buy it straight from the Facebook page and get that link there. Um, it's good stuff. Yeah. We're going to have Gil Gronig here. Uh, stay tuned, Alex, because we may have a, a special announcement for um, a potential tailgate for the last game of the season. Ooh, Since COVID, right? COVID rules are being lifted, people are being vaccinated. So we're going to play it. We've been playing it by ear. Um, we haven't had a tailgate all season, like a true official tailgate, uh, like we did the past two years, past three years, excuse me, uh, past two years, actually. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And, uh, if you want to find out more, you can, Alex, where can people find us on social media? What hash, what, what, what name? Austin at Austin rugby supporters. That's us. Austin rugby supporters, also known as the AG nation or the Gilgroniacs. Gilgroniacs. <laughs> Always good. Alex, appreciate the time that you give to us. Uh, yeah. Well, every three weeks. <laughs> On a weekly basis, I guess. Now. Yeah, right. No, we'll, we'll, we'll be back again next week to cover hopefully the win against Utah moving up into that second place uh, yeah. Austin and uh, hopefully have more information on all the goings about. We got to talk some Valkyries too. They've been playing too. We, we, we yeah, they the have. Past couple weeks. Uh, part of the five minutes we didn't get them this week, but uh, next Next, next week we'll, we'll talk about some Valkyries and maybe have some people on really appreciate the time obviously no player on this week because there's too much stuff to cover for both Alex and I and then have an interview no one wants to listen to us for two and a half hours but we appreciate it until next time that's Alex Reese I'm Dustin Zare and we'll see you on the pitch Ow.